Hello again and welcome to Faith Fire Media. I'm Frank Mickens. So glad you're with us today. And I'm really excited because this morning when I woke up, the Lord put something in my spirit and I'm here just spontaneously to release this encouragement to you. And we're going to talk today from the topic facing giants, facing giants. So stay tuned, sit back, relax, grab a Bible and let's dig into the word of God today. We'll be right back after the Faith Fire Media intro starting now. All right. So thank you for being here once again. I'm Frank Mickens and this is Faith Fire Media. This is an outreach ministry of Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries. And our mission is to fan the flame of revival around the world. And that means you. We want to fan the flame of revival inside of you. We want you to be awake. We want you to be resurrected. We want you to be strong in spirit. And it begins with the word of God. We are a prophetically driven ministry. A lot of the messages that I receive come from dreams that the Lord gives me in the night or visions. And uh, that's the case today. I just really want to dig into the word of God today. I'm really excited about what God is talking about. And so we're going to talk from this topic today, facing giants, facing giants. That might conjure up the image of David and Goliath. That might conjure up an image in your spirit about something that seems insurmountable, that uh, there's something that might seem impossible for you to conquer in your life. And that's certainly what we're going to be talking about today. But we're not going to be coming from the story of David and Goliath. We're going to be coming from the book of Numbers and the uh, children of Israel. They have been released from bondage. They have been set free from Egypt. They are at the door of their promised land, that which is flowing with milk and honey, the promise of God. And they get just so close, but they don't enter in. And we're going to talk about the undergirding issue here. But first, let me just talk a little bit about me and why we're here. And then I'll share this dream with you. Again, my name is Frank Mickens. I spent 20 years in television news. In case you and I are not acquainted at all, if you haven't heard my name before, that's totally okay. But the Lord called me out of television news. I was an anchor most recently in Indianapolis. Prior to that, I was an anchor in Greensboro, North Carolina. And my wife and I just started hearing the Lord moving us out of where we were in Indy, sold our home, moved here to North Carolina during the COVID pandemic and started a ministry. I'd been in ministry since uh, 07. Mainly in evangelism, I was the director of evangelism at our church, World Victory International Christian Center here in Greensboro. Shout out to Bishop Adrian Starks, Pastor Shandi Starks, our spiritual parents. But yeah, heavily involved in ministry, preaching, teaching, a lot of evangelism. But that was part time. I was in a career for 20 years again, and the Lord just started showing us in dreams, visions, and other confirmations it was time for us to move on. And so we started Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries, again, geared toward fanning the flame of revival around the world. So what we do is uh, we we gather people to pray together. We're all about unifying the body of Christ, getting rid of denominational lines, racial lines, ethnic lines, and the like. We also plan events at entertainment and sports venues to give people an opportunity to meet Jesus Christ. Most recently, we had an event on top of a building in downtown Greensboro, Crest Terrace. We called it Rooftop Worship. Uh, Also, we're engaged in this 
involving media to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, getting the word out across the airwaves, social media, YouTube, wherever we can get it out. But we really want people to meet Jesus Christ, coming to a knowing relationship with Jesus Christ, coming to a surrendered relationship with Jesus Christ, because really he's the only way that we can win. He conquered it all and he gave us his victory, but we have to believe we have to follow him in order to delegate or to legislate that victory in our lives. So let's talk about how that looks from this standpoint, and that is facing giants. That is our topic today. So this morning, it is uh, May, and I woke up this morning and I heard in my spirit, and I'm reading my notes now, the word giants. I heard the word giants. I heard the word Amalekim. And then I was also hearing numbers 14. And so what I usually do when I wake up in the morning is I hear the different dreams the Lord has given me and I sit with the Lord and ask him questions. And so I was sitting with the Lord with this one and just saying, "Okay, Lord, what is it that you have for me? And he just really put in my spirit. I need you to release this word today. I need you to release this word. And he took me into numbers 14 and we're going to read through numbers 14. And the Lord's going to show us uh, exactly what we need to hear today. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to start with verse number one in Numbers 14. And we're going to read this together. I'm going to read it to you from the New King James Version. Again, our topic today is facing giants. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. So what's happening here? What happened here was they had sent spies ahead of the people of Israel into the promised land, and those spies their job was to go in and take a look. What do you see? What kind of harvest is there? What's the land like? What are the people like? And they came back, these 12 spies, and 10 of them gave what the Lord calls an evil report, an evil report. They were more concerned with the giants in the land than the blessing. So they had brought back grapes that were so large that the people were amazed. So they there was evidence that the land was exactly what the Lord said it was going to be, that the Lord said it and it was true. It was a land of milk and honey. It was a land of plenty, a, a land of abundance. And for you, I just want to encourage you, that's God's plan for you. He wants you to live in abundance. He wants you to have an abundance of peace and joy and patience and self-control. The Lord wants you to have an abundance in your life. He wants you to feel full and satisfied. And there are things that come up in our lives that come against that promise. And sometimes they are an illusion as what the people of Israel experienced. This was not even a real issue. Yes, the giants existed in the land. Yes, they were tall. Yes, they were fierce. Certainly they were imposing, but the Lord had already made them a promise, just like the Lord has made you a promise. So the giants in your life, they might rear their ugly heads. They might bark, but they don't have bite. 
That doesn't mean that they want to impact you, but it means they don't have the victory. Now, that means you you will have battles, but that doesn't mean that you lose. Just because there's a battle doesn't mean you lose. And I don't know who I'm talking to today. Somebody here is probably dealing with something emotional, something mental, maybe having a mental health crisis. Maybe your person deals with anxiety and depression. You're on medication for something. Maybe it's high blood pressure. Maybe it's cancer in your life. Maybe it's something spiritual. Maybe you know that you've been, uh, you're falling under some kind of curse. Every time it seems like you have money in your hand, it's gone. You never have abundance in your bank account. Maybe it's a poverty situation in your life. Maybe you're homeless right now. Maybe there are people in your life that are treating you, mis- uh, mistreating you, abusing you, taking advantage of you, manipulating you, and they're close to you. They live in your own house and you feel like you're trapped. Listen, whatever your situation is, The Lord has a plan for you to get out. The Lord has a plan for you to escape. The Lord has a plan and he has the power to take out the giants in your life. Listen, we're talking about giants. The topic today is facing giants. We're not going to run from the giants. We're not going to hide from the giants. We're not going to pretend the giants are not there. We're going to acknowledge they exist. So the people of Israel had seen the giants. The 10 spies came back and gave an evil report. But there were other spies. I'm sorry. Let me go back to Numbers 13. There were other spies that came back and they did not bring an evil report. They did not bring an evil report. It says in Numbers 13, verse 30, if you have your Bible, it says Caleb stilled the people. This is King James, meaning he was trying to give them peace. They're all upset about hearing of these giants. And it says in verse 30, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and says, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. So they're saying, listen, don't worry. He's saying, don't worry about what it looks like. We are well able to overcome it. But then it says in verse 31, but the men that went up with Caleb, they were in the same environment. They saw the same exact thing, but they had a different perspective. They said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. And then in verse 32, they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying the land, though which we have gone to search it, is a land that eats up the inhabitants of it and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature and there we saw the giants the sons of Anak which come of the giants and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers so we were in their sight so here they're saying This is how we see ourselves in our own sight. We're like grasshoppers at the feet of giants. And how do you see yourself today? In in view of your challenge, do you see yourself as little? Do you see yourself as empty or void of influence? Do you feel hopeless, helpless? Do you feel powerless? Do you feel as though there's really no there's really no point in dealing with this? Maybe you're in prison right now and you're thinking, man, I got 30 in the bin. I'm not getting out. Whatever the case may be, the Lord wants you to know that he is the answer, that you don't have to take it upon yourself. You need to listen to what the Lord is saying to your heart. Is he sending you somewhere? Is he taking you from where you are now to somewhere else? Has he promised you something? Are you reading in the word of God some things that just make your heart leap? You're like, yes, that's for me. I don't need to be in this place. I don't belong here. This is not where I'm going to stay. This is not where I want to maintain my livelihood. This is this is a stop on a longer journey where there are several stops along the way. If you're a person that just knows in your spirit, no, this is not meant for me to remain in. I'm just not supposed to stay here. I'm not supposed to stay here. Then you need to keep listening because you might be in a position where you're 
you might be prone to seeing yourself as small. But God wants you to see yourself in a different light. He wants you to see yourself as a friend of God, as a child of God, as a person that has access to the power, the passion, the purpose of God. That when you were born, there was a purpose connected to your birth. That when you were born, there was a power to overcome attached to your birth. That doesn't mean that trouble doesn't come. It doesn't mean that the enemy of your soul just gives up. It doesn't mean that the enemy of your soul just says, oh, well, this one, I'm just going to let them succeed. No, no, no. There's going to be there's going to be opposition. And sometimes it's going to feel like there's a mountain in front of you that cannot be moved. But the Bible says that you can speak to a mountain and it shall be removed and tossed into the sea. When you toss something into the sea, you don't see it again. That mountain's moved and it ain't coming back. And so the Lord wants to encourage you that it might seem like it's insurmountable. It might seem like it's something you can't move. It might seem like something that is too heavy. It might seem like something that's out of your league and you're right. But with God, the Bible says nothing is impossible. So let's read more about what's going on in the hearts of the people of Israel. So let's go back to Numbers 14, if you have your Bible, and let's go to verse 5. So after they say, man, we just want to go back to Egypt. These giants are too much for us. Moses and Aaron fell on their faces, verse 5, before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. They immediately went to God. They immediately humbled themselves in front of everybody and said, we're not in control. It's not about us. Even though Moses and Aaron were the leaders, they were acknowledging this thing's too big for us. And they fell on their faces. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to fall on your face before God. Say, listen, this thing that's tearing me up, this thing that's been tormenting me, this situation that has been on my heart, causing me to lose sleep, causing me to get on medication, this thing that's been stealing out of my bank account, this thing that's been stealing my relationships, this thing that has been causing me so much angst in my life, this thing that seems like it's going to be with me all of my days, I'm put myself on the altar and I bow down and I give up. I give up. It's beyond me. Moses and Aaron were not involved in trying to convince all these people, these millions of people who were convinced that they were grasshoppers and they were defeated and they might as well go back to slavery. They weren't going to try to convince them. Moses and Aaron bowed down in the in the assembly and before everyone to acknowledge this is bigger than them. They did it as an act of worship. They did it as an act of reverence to God. I'm not trying to give you the answer. You're in distress. You're distraught. You're looking to me as the leader to give you the answer. And I don't have the answer. God does. I'm putting myself on the altar. I'm taking myself out of the equation. I'm telling you, that's the secret sauce. Take yourself out of the equation. Take yourself and your limitations out of the equation and look at what God has in store. The Bible says that he will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him, whose mind is focused on him. The Bible says that we should look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Whatever he starts in you, the Bible says he will complete it. So you've got to begin to to have an audacious mindset that the things that seem insurmountable in your life God's already promised victory over those things. And so look to Jesus. Whatever he starts, he finishes. Let him do it. Take yourself out of the equation. So let's go back to verse six. We're going to move forward in Numbers 14, verse six. But Joshua 
the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes as an act of distress in the midst of all of this rebellion against God. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, quote, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Listen, God has a good land for you. God has blessing for you. In the book of Deuteronomy, God made promises to Israel. He says, you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in your country blessed in your going out. He said, you'll be blessed in the fruit of your womb. So if you're buried in your womb, pray on that thing and declare, God says, my womb is blessed. This giant's got to go down. This giant's got to move. This giant's got to be beheaded and begin to claim the blessings and the promises that the Lord has. And he had made these promises and Caleb and Joshua were saying, no, we are going to walk in the promises of God. This land the Lord told us is an exceedingly good land. We want what God has for us. You've got to be indignant. You've got to have a stubbornness in your spirit that what God has for me is for me. I claim it and I'm going to walk through it with God and apprehend it by faith, by faith. The giants, they knew physically they couldn't take them out, but they knew by faith in God, the same God that had parted the Red Sea, the same God who had had sent 10 plagues to humble their oppressors, the same God who caused their oppressors to be swallowed up in the sea, the same God that had been feeding them with manna from heaven that miraculously showed up every single day, the same God that brought quail that they ate, the same God that caused their clothes not to wear out as they walked through the desert. But the Bible says that same God proclaimed that his glory would fill the earth and he's going to fill your life with his glory if you just cooperate with him. Let the Lord fill your life with his glory, his majesty, his power, his presence, his goodness, his brightness, his brilliance, his intellect, his perfection. He wants to fill your life with his glory. And he proclaimed this in this chapter. And we'll get to it in just a little bit. So in the midst of all of this opposition, the, in the debate and the questions, man, we can't face these giants. It's, a, it's got a, all this stuff in that land, but we're like grasshoppers. Caleb and Joshua's like, no, it's an exceedingly good land. Then it says in verse 8, these are still the words of Joshua and Caleb. If the Lord delights in us, which they were basically saying he does, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Oh, God, their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. See, here we have Joshua and Caleb with a revelation of God and who God is. They said, first, don't rebel against the Lord. Listen, it's possible for you to rebel against the Lord and preclude, prevent and keep God from doing what he wants to do in your life. The will of man is stronger than the will of God. In your individual life, if you put a hand up to God's will, it's not going to happen. If you don't apply faith to the will of God, it's not going to happen. This will mess some people up because some folk think that just God does what he wants to do. No, he gave you authority in the earth by faith through grace. So you've got to be able to apply your faith to the promises of God or they're not coming. If you don't believe it, you won't receive it. So it's possible, as we're seeing here, for a, an entire nation to forfeit their promise from the Lord. And they said, don't do that. Don't rebel against, against the Lord. Then they said, do not fear the people of the land. Don't fear what you're facing. 
Don't fear what don't fear what you're facing. Fear God. Put your reverence in God and not in what you're facing. Come on, somebody. Don't put your energy into what you're facing more than you put your energy into the Lord. Focus on your relationship with the Lord. Lord, do what the disciples did. They said, help our unbelief. They went to Jesus and said, help our unbelief. Our topic today is facing giants. How do you face giants? With God. That's the only way to do it. David showed up with five smooth stones and threw only one of them and took out a giant and ended up cutting off his head with his own sword. Why? Because the same David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who is defying the Lord of the of the nation of Israel? the Lord of the angel armies. He's like, this man can't stand up against the Lord. And it's the same attitude Joshua and Caleb are showing here. Don't fear the people of the land. He says, for they are our bread. They are set on a table for us. What does the Bible say? In uh, Psalm 23, he says, he sets a table before you in the presence of your enemies. The intention for God is to show up in the midst of your trial and tribulation and give you utter peace. And that you are even ingesting, digesting, digesting and being nourished in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a battle that you're supposed to be able to pull out the good silverware and dine in the midst of a struggle. Come on, somebody bless the Holy Ghost. We bless you, God. He says their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Listen, bookmark that scripture for the rest of your life. Numbers 14, verse nine, numbers 14, verse nine. You got to hold on to that one. We got to move forward, though. Let me get to numbers 14 and verse 21. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. So. Caleb and Joshua, the only two of the of the spies that stood with the Lord, the Lord shows up a little later in, in this chapter and says in verse 21, but truly, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Listen, God's purpose in the earth is to fill it with his glory. And so Israel didn't understand. And this is what you need to understand. Israel didn't understand that they were carrying the glory of God. Remember, he was leading them by day with a, a pillar of a cloud and he was leading them at night as a pillar of fire. And in the midst of them was the Ark of the Covenant, which was the manifest presence of God. He was literally using Israel to carry himself into the earth. And we know that through Jesus, he carried himself into the earth. And by faith, Gentiles or those who were previously outside of the faith now have been filling the earth because we could put our faith in Jesus. So all of this was a delivery device. All of this was the delivery of God himself into the earth. And so you have to understand that when you're facing giants, they're standing in the way of God's glory. They're standing in the way of God's presence being revealed. They're standing in the way of God's promises being unveiled. They're standing in the way of God being who God is. And that is the one who fills all things with himself. And so they have to fall. And so this is how you need to approach your prayer life. You know, they have to fall if they're denying and defying the true and living God and him delivering himself, his glory and filling the earth with himself. The giants have to fall. 
I want you to say with me right now, the giants have to fall. Let's move forward. Now, listen to this. Listen to the end of this chapter. And this is what I want to warn you against. Now, there are principalities that sit over cities, powers that sit over cities in the unseen, the the kingdom of darkness. Ephesians chapter six says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but with powers of principalities against spiritual wickedness in high places and against the rulers of the darkness of this world. So the issues we see like poverty, homelessness, child abuse, sexual abuse, human trafficking, murder, violence, uh, issues with people's identities. All of these things are being influenced by spirits that sit on top of communities and influence those communities. Some communities are highly influenced by racism. Some communities are highly influenced by gang and gang violence. Some communities are highly influenced by poverty, homelessness and, and abject generational poverty. Some entire nations are influenced by a spirit of idolatry. Listen, we've got to be aware that these things are giants. And when we want to take on some of these issues, we can't take them on with politics. I know there needs to be a tangible Uh, edifying strategy to take on things. I'm not saying that we throw that stuff out. What I'm saying is that the real power is in the ecclesia, the people of God, the body of Christ, those who the Lord says he's given us the keys to the kingdom, the ones who the Lord says that he has all power of heaven and earth in his hands, and we have the ability to come to him and ask, and he'll give us what we ask for. But there are levels. So there are things you can deal with in your personal life. And now we're going to go up to the 30,000 mile view and talk about issues in your city. You might have a burden over some of these issues that I just talked about. Well, the issue is that we need the body of Christ to come together in unity and pray. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? The Bible says that in Psalm 133, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the oil upon Aaron's beard, upon Aaron's head that runs down to the beard and to the skirts of his garment. It's a flow of the power of the anointing of God that comes through unity. And so what we have here is a body Israel was not unified. And so God couldn't let them go into the promised land. He literally could not let them go. But some folks decided they're going to try to do it anyway. Let's stay in Numbers 14 and we're going to go to verse 39. Now, Moses told these words all to the children of Israel and the people mourned greatly. What did Moses tell them? That God had decided they were not going to go into the promised land, that it was going to be another 40 years. He was going to let this generation that rebelled against the Lord, all of them were going to die. And he was going to allow another generation, one that had not been tainted by the slavery mindset, the poverty mindset of Egypt, and that new generation was going to enter into the promised land. The issue was the mindset of these people would not allow them to go in, and he knew he couldn't take a divided nation with a divided heart that still wanted to be enslaved into the promised land because then they'd end up being enslaved by the people they were supposed to go and conquer. And that's the thing with giants. You can't conquer a giant if you have a mindset of slavery or defeat. You need to have a mindset of victory. You need to know what Jesus says. He says that you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He says he gives you everything that pertains to life and godliness. The Bible says that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. The Bible says that we should pray without ceasing. The Bible says that we should pray and not faint. And these are the things that we need to have in us so that we can take on giants in the land and corporately. So he told them, y'all can't enter in. You're divided. You don't have faith. And it says in verse 40, they rose early in the morning and went up to the top of the mountain saying, quote, here we are and we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised for we have sinned. So they changed their mind and they think just because they changed their mind, that's enough. But it's not. Moses says to them, verse 41, now, why do you transgress the command of the Lord? For this will not succeed. Do not go up lest you be defeated by your enemies. For the Lord is not among you. 
for the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you and you shall fall by the sword because you've turned away from the Lord and the Lord will not be with you. So what you fear becomes a self-fulfilling promise prophecy. They did not truly believe. They still were afraid of these Amalekites that they said, we can't go in and conquer them. And so now they decided the next morning, well, we slept on it and now we're going to go in. He's like, no, nah, man, the Lord's not with you. You've rebelled against the Lord. And now you all of a sudden think because you changed your mind, they're going to be able to defeat these people that you're afraid of. No. And it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Listen to this. But they presumed to go up to the mountaintop. Nevertheless, neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed from the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who dwelt in the mountain came down and attacked them and drove them back as far as Hormah. Listen, if the Lord is not with you, you're not going to win. But with the Lord, all things are possible. I'm going to say that again. If you're not with the Lord, you cannot win. But with the Lord, all things are possible. I'm going to say it again. If you're not with the Lord, you cannot win. But with the Lord, all things are possible. Listen, they couldn't just wake up one morning and say, "Okay, the Lord's with us. No, the Lord had already decreed. I am not with you. The Lord had already said you will not enter the promised land. Forty years later, an entirely uh, entire new generation is going to enter in and he decreed it and there was no changing it. And sometimes we've just got to be careful not to give in to the enemy who's trying to wear us down so that we don't believe in the promises of God, because it comes to a point that the enemy has gotten a stronghold over our mind. He's controlled our minds such that we never will get the promise. We can enter into such a reprobate condition that the Lord just allows us to be who we are, just like Pharaoh. Pharaoh went to Moses after a few of the plagues and said, pray for me. I'm a wicked man and, and we are a wicked nation. But he didn't mean it. So the Lord just allowed him to be who he really was. The next day he said to Moses, I will not let you go. And then more plagues had to hit him. And then he came back and, and said again, pray for me to Moses. And the Lord said, no, you didn't mean it. He just allowed Pharaoh to be who he really was. Pharaoh hardened his heart again and more plagues had to hit him. And eventually, what did he do? He lost his firstborn son because the destroyer came through Egypt. And since they didn't put the blood of the lamb on the door, Pharaoh lost his firstborn son. And so there is a cost to disobedience. There is a cost to just being so rebellious to the plans and promises of God that eventually God's like, you're never going to change. I see your heart. Your heart is hard and you're never going to change. So we got to be careful. But with God, you can accomplish everything. So continue to seek God in his heart. But they presumed, the word says, they presumed, they made a presumption. They made an assumption. Oh, because we want to, God will go with us. No, God had already said you rebelled, you can't go in. And so the key here in verse 44 is where it says the ark of the covenant of the Lord did not depart from the camp. They did not go with the presence of God. The presence of God was not with them. And it says they were attacked and driven back. Listen, in our communities, in our in our fellowships, there are things that are attacking our cities that need the body of Christ to come together, not be divided and pray together to take these things down. These giants in our cities, these giants in our nation, they have to obey the glory of God, but they cannot come down when we're divided along racial lines, political lines, look, ethnic lines, immigration lines. We've got all these issues, gun rights lines, masks or wear them or not wear them. We've got all these things we've allowed the enemy to sow into our body, the body of Jesus Christ, which is not divided. 
But we've allowed the enemy to sow this division and it's keeping us from taking out the powers and principalities and the giants in the land. So I want you to be an agent of grace. I want you to be an agent of unity. I want you to be an agent of defeating giants. We're going to face these giants. And I know eventually the Lord is going to bring he's going to bring absolute victory. But we've got to work together in the body of Christ. Catholics, Lutherans, Methodists, I'm telling you, Baptists, non-denominational, assemblies of God, charismatics, non-charismatics. We've got to put down our weapons and begin to say, listen, our cities are under siege by the demonic. Our cities are under siege with demonic oppression. We're not having it anymore. We're going to join in and grab each other's hand and we're going to pray together. Listen, I look forward to the day that we can have the Lord go with us and we can enter into our promised land and defeat the giants in our city. Will you pray with me, Father, in the name of Jesus? We thank you for this encouragement. We thank you, Lord God, for the the fight. We thank you, God, for the power. We thank you, God, for the assignment. We thank you, God, for the ecclesia. We thank you, God, for the ability of your legislative body in the earth to bring your ways and purposes into the earth. But God, we need help. We need to be Uh, We need to be united. We can't be divided. We can't have some people saying, yes, let's go. And other people saying, no, I want to stay in slavery. I want to stay in bondage. I want to stay in oppression. I don't care. These demonic forces, they're not that bad. And we're just going to abide homelessness. We're just going to abide murder. We're just going to abide racial division. We're just going to abide all these different things. And no, we're just not going to stand for it. So God, may this word encourage us. May this word instigate in us a fire and a determination to be the change together as the body of Christ. We're going to face the giants with you and they've got to come down. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, I hope that this was a blessing to you. I hope that we uh, see you here next week. Praise God. Look, I pray that you get to subscribe or share and like this. We need the word of God in this hour. We don't need more politics. I'm just telling you, we need God. We need Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, in and active in the body of Christ, changing us into the image of Jesus Christ himself. Listen, we'll see you next week. I've got to run. I'm Frank Mickens. This is Faith Fire Media. See you next time. (music) 